On this week's episode, we learn about the bizarre case of Natalia Grace and compare it to 2009's suspense thriller, Orphan. So make sure you're over the age of 21 on your new birth certificate and meet us in the pod shed. We're drinking girly Long Islands and talking about attempted murder. Welcome back to another episode of THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your host, Bailey. Blue 42. <laughs> AKA Blue 42. How's it going, B? It's going. It's always funny to start this. Like, we haven't just been sitting here talking for, for at least a half an hour. It's <laughs> <laughs> just fucking bullshit. Yep. Hi, and- friend. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hope you all had a great week. Hope you missed us as much as we missed you. I definitely missed doing this. Um, we're in the pod shed tonight. Perfect. Lucky for you. <laughs> Perfect pod shed weather. It's like nice and mild, not too hot, not too cold. Knock on wood, the two weeks we'll get of it. Exactly. How was your week? Eh, not great. Oh. And there's just a lot of weird shit going on at work. Oh. Um. Any hot tea? Not really. Just my company. They do some really fucking weird shit. And it just blows my mind. And when you try to point it out to them, they're like, eh. <laughs> don't talk shit about the company. It's like, don't, don't point out our flaws. Mm-hmm. It's, seriously, it's all about like what's in our client's best interest and be an ally for all and this and that. And when you actually try to step up to the plate, they're like, oh, don't do not do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we like, just say that right? stuff. Yeah, just shut your it. fucking mouth. <laughs> just do your job. That's so funny. But not funny. I know. So well, I bet a lot of people can relate to that shit. Exactly. It is what it is. Um. Let's see. I haven't been doing much this week. Just working, chilling with the family. Really, nothing. I can't think of one thing I've done besides work and come home. So speaking of week, week tomorrow is my one week tattoo. Oh, that's right. So last Sunday, yeah, you got your tattoo. Phase one. Phase one. Would you like to share with the class? What so, you had done. Yeah. So I originally had like this shooting star that never really fit my body the way that I wanted it to. And it was supposed to be a shooting star, but it always it looked really, more like a falling star to it, me. Exactly. That's why it was just odd. It just never really fit. And so now in kind of like a dedication to my daughter, it's um, the specific type of violet, I guess, is a sweet wild violet oh that's perfect mm-hmm. i love and that so it's covering up that falling star and we did the black and the dark purple and then i'll go back when it's healed and get the rest of the color um first of all it was way bigger than i was expecting yeah like even the picture you sent me i know and then i saw you in real life i was like whoa it takes up a lot of your back it nick looks- did the same thing it looks really good mm-hmm. i love how they did the shading yeah um because it's not like your typical shading. No. I don't even know how to describe it. And the amount of work that he was able to do in the two hours. Yeah. Everyone is blown away yeah. by how much he got done in two hours. So what other, because it's going to be like watercolor style, right? Correct. So did he tell you like what colors he plans on doing? He, he wants like goes for it. Emerald greens, la- like lavenders. He wants to incorporate some yellows. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right for like, vi- if I think about what like wild violets look uh-huh. like, they always have that kind of like yellow in the middle. Yep. Love it. Mm-hmm. We love to see it. Maybe we'll post a finished, finished product one day. Yeah, we'll do like a, a side by side. But I think more than anything, just because I left Nick in the dark through the whole process. You didn't tell him anything about it? I didn't tell him shit. Did you even tell him you're getting a tattoo? I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if you just surprised him? So it was funny. So remember it was our Galentine's Day episode. Yes. Where when I, you first I just, told me. Right. I had just met him. Right. I did the, the one. tattoo artist. Correct. Not your husband. No. <laughs> and so what? Your landlord came up after that and I went out with her and we got literally like blacked out drunk with her. You guys were out of town and uh, I dropped the bomb on him that night and he's like, you expect me to fucking remember anything you told me that night? Right. And so uh, a couple weeks after that, I was like, oh, hey, by the way, my appointment got moved up. And he's like, your appointment for what? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, so you're on daddy daycare. And he's like, okay. And then even the day of, he was like, oh, fuck, I keep forgetting. Like, you're doing this. And I don't know what you're doing. And he was so sketched out by it because he didn't know anything about the guy or where I was going. (laughs) Or what you're getting. Anything. He knows nothing. Did he know that you wanted to cover up that too? No, he back? knew nothing, Hilarious. nothing. And so when I came home and I was covered in saran wrap, he's like, I need a fucking sign. <laughs> and he was so blown away and happy with it. And I think more than anything, that just means the world to me. Yeah. Well, he's probably also relieved. I know. He probably thought you were going to get fucking Chucky on your shoulder. Serious, right? I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> you were going to get a Michael and Jason tribute tattoo. Yeah. And the reason I kind of did it the way that I did it is it's not for anybody else. It's just for me and it doesn't matter. But for him to be so happy and like in support of it and he likes it so much. It's, yeah, it's, that's awesome. It makes it that much Especially better. because uh, Mr. Picky that you married, mm-hmm. it's hard to get his seal of approval on anything. So anytime that he's like happy about something or like. Yeah. And also me being shady about it. It's like our new favorite joke about us. He's like, yeah, my fucking wife tells me, oh, I'm going to be gone for two hours and comes with a full fucking back tattoo. So yeah, (laughs) I love it. And uh, in all fairness, I mean, I know it's for you, but he does have to look at it more than you do. So, yeah, I can't wait to see it when it's all done. I know. That's super fun. I can't I can't wait to get one. I've been dying. It's been years since I had one. It was also really cute. I guess Violet went to school and like bragged about it. My mom went and got this beautiful drawing done and it's Violet's and it's all. Now about you're the cool me. mom. You're tatted out. You got your hair. Right. For sure. Look at you. Who are you? I you're know. a wild woman. Not only that being the cool mom. So it was picture day this week. And the theme was very blah. It's like kind of looks like a just a preschool background, right? White with like rainbow blocks yeah. and toys and whatever. And I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? Put dresser in rainbows? I know. But she had a really cute dress. It was beautiful. But she always gets to bring a prop. And we try to make the prop silly, right? right. So I had her pick a book. And uh, she ended up going with the gas that we passed. Oh, I was going to go with everybody poops. Yes, but very similar. Right. right. She went with it because the gas that we passed um, had a pink cover. Oh. She's very into pink and it yep. kind of went with the dress. Perfect. But of course, so two of the four pictures are her amazing, genuine smile. That's yep. like half laugh. Yeah. But the other two that are posed with the background are the fucking cheesy, forced smiles. So I'm like, motherfucker, I'll buy one just to have it for the records, right? But it's like, ugh. 
Toddlers never do the forced smile well. It always looks like they're grimacing. Yeah. It never looks It's great. really strained. It's yeah. like she's trying to poop. But hey, yeah. it's the gas that we pass and she's sitting. So kind of perfect. It's kind of a vibe. I like it. Yeah, for I'm 15 bucks, I'll buy the fucking picture, but still. <laughs> That's so funny. Speaking of pictures, we did not frame Willie's Wonderland poster yet, but we did frame B printed out our drinking game. From our Valentine's Day episode. So we're probably still going to make up ones as we go along. But at least now we have a reference point. Yeah. In the podcast. The, the OG starters. I'll take a picture. I'll post it on THC podcast on Instagram. So that way you guys can officially see the drinking game. Should we do the ones we're going to do this week? What do you want to do this week? So I for sure want to do you forgetting to write something down. Anytime I forgot to write something down. Although I got to be honest, there's not much to this case. So that might not happen. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And um, us, like, going through the ice chest or, like, trying to find the wine, right? Yeah. The, the shuffling sound. The shuffling ice cube sound. We are a great mm-hmm. ASMR podcast if you're into drinking sounds. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, I mean, anytime we cheers. Cheers is always there. So. so and what are we cheersing with tonight? Our drinks. Boo-boo. Cheers. Bam. We are drinking um, Stinky Pinkies. Mm-hmm. Minus the pinky. Yeah, a special limited edition tonight because we're short on the pinky, but we came up with something just as stinky. So (laughs) if you guys remember, we talked about last week. Yeah. Stinky pinkies. They are based on, I don't know the TikTok user. I'll have to go scroll back and find him. This woman on TikTok, she's a bartender. She invented the girly Long Island. Mm -hmm. One ounce vodka, two ounces white wine, fill the rest up with a seltzer, like a white claw or truly. A float of like a pink lemonade or some just a little splash like a of color flavor. Mm-hmm. Not much. They're delicious. They don't taste like alcohol. Dangerous. And if you're complete psychopaths like us, you do a float of this shit called Kinky Pinky. If you don't know what that is, I'm not going into it again. Yeah, don't be ashamed. Neither do we. Listen, Listen. to the last episode. Mm-hmm. Listen to uh, Saints and Sinners episode. We'll describe exactly what it is. Basically, that cocktail is blackout medicine. You will for sure blackout after drinking two or three. B really thinks that we should put a two cap limit on it. I do. For any Long Island recipe. Especially if it has the pinky float. Yes. If it's not a girly Long Island and it's an actual stinky pinky. You could go with the three. Um. But yeah, a girly on Long Island, you can go with the three. Yeah. It's a stinky pinky. And it you got to cut it at two. You got to cut it out too. That that kinky pink. You're asking for trouble. It's going to bite you in the ass. I promise you. B and I have been drinking for a long Some, time. Something or someone will end up biting you in the ass also. Oh, I mean, my Lord. Shit happens. So tonight we're drinking the original recipe without the kinky pinky. I don't know if that stuff will ever be allowed in my house again. <laughs> like we said, maybe a girl's weekend when we're locked in a right cabin locked in or a something. Cabin. So we're doing just the regular girly Long Islands, but neither one of us had like a juicy pinky float, like meaning we didn't have a strawberry lemonade or a cranberry juice or anything. So I had one pink otter pop in my freezer. What if it had been any other flavor? Any other fucking flavor? I know, but the chances that you had one been green. That's what I'm saying. The chances that you had a red pop left. It was a pink (coughs) one. Sorry, pink. Um, The best flavor otter pop. As we all know. 
Anyways, I cut it up and microwaved it for 30 seconds. Boom. We got a pink float. Yeah. Amazing. So we're going to be posting pictures of that as well on THC Podcast. That's our Instagram. It's a great Instagram. It's kind of the only social media we do. We appreciate any comments. Any comments. Any hearts. Any thumbs up. You guys have been liking our stuff. You guys have been leaving comments and reviews. That helps so much. If you're listening on Apple, I don't know. There's like something about we're not Apple people. There's something about like a purple check mark or something i don't Ooh. know leave a leave a review leave a leave a star give rating. a girl a fucking purple check mark give me something I don't even to know if that's live what it for is. this week we are doing the case of natalia grace and the movie orphan orphan um <coughs> which when you threw this shit my way i'm like what like how is this based on something real now i don't think Orphan was based on anything. I think it's, again, breakfast for dinner. I think Orphan came out and then Natalia Grace's story came out and people went, oh, it's the real life Orphan. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. B's happy because she's been just rolling in the shit when it comes to movies. These fucking movies have been hitting it for me. What? what, How how many in a row are we on now? At least four. Because we did Bling Ring. Yeah. Which was fun. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have to. No, but like even like a bummer. But I feel like even before that, wasn't it Bloody Valentine or I don't even know. But I feel like we've been getting just a lot of like. Yeah. You had my Bloody Valentine Mm -hmm. or is that what it was called? It's our podcast. We have no idea. And you had the bling ring. Yeah. And you've had Boondock Saints. Exactly. Somewhere in there we had another one. But you did have Monster. That one wasn't as much fun. But even, yeah, we did get to glue my eyebrows, though. So, Hey, somewhere in there is Freddy Krueger. Oh, that was for your birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, the fact that it's only fucking March, but Easter's literally next week. Is, is, there, blo- is there a deadly Easter bunny case? We got to So f- usually for Easter, I end up doing zombie movies because as in that, like, Jesus's resurrection, he comes <laughs> back from the dead. Yep. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, Woo! um, so Natalia Grace, you want to get into it? Fuck yeah, I do. Hell yeah, we do. So a Natalia Grace, I like that name. Well, and I don't know what her real name is because okay. she's an orphan. Yeah, so I don't know what her Ukrainian name is. Ooh, okay. But Natalia Grace is her American name for sure. I mean, that might be her real name. Yeah, I, I honestly didn't look. I into just it. like it. Yeah. So um. Oh, I got a burp. Uh-oh. Okay. So I got everything from a BuzzFeed news article, an episode of the Dr. Phil show. Oh, yeah, Dr. shut Phil's. up. You got to watch an episode of Dr. Phil. I know. I Listen. We're going to get into details. I know Dr. Phil's a quack job, and I know that. Uh, That's he, quality TV. I love Dr. That's Phil. fucking quality TV. I didn't get to see the whole episode because I just watched the clips on YouTube, yeah. but I feel like. That's enough. That's all that's, you need that's to see. That's the bullet points. It's the highlights. Yeah. It's the highlights. That's the best part. You and just then, trim the fat. Um, another week, another new favorite podcast for me. Just, I'm such a slut when it comes to podcasts. Every week, I'm like, here's my new all-time favorite podcast. Mm-hmm. This is my new all-time favorite. No, this podcast made me laugh so hard. I've been listening to it in the morning when I get ready for work, and it makes me laugh so hard I can't do my makeup. Like, okay. I'll be trying to do my eye makeup, and they'll have me cracking up, and I have to, like, 
take a break before I either jab my eye out. Well, or you've got run, me hopeful. Run my makeup down my face. So this is called Things I Learned Last Night. Okay. It's not a true crime podcast. It's Love just it. a podcast about whatever subject they're doing. Yeah. Two hosts, two male hosts, both comedians. Same kind of setup as us where one host does the um, research and tells the main part. And then his co-host is just there to be funny. Yeah. To listen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's great. And it's things I learned last night. So, yeah, I think um, the vibe I got, I only listened to a couple episodes, but it seems like he, like, whatever subject they do, he reads about it the night before. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, the what Cliff it? Notes version a little bit. And right. then they just laugh. They laugh so hard through the whole episode. They just crack each other up. They're best friends like us. They've been best friends for a really long <laughs> Could time. Could you imagine if that was my responsibility to tell you what I learned the night before? No, it's... <laughs> In the setup of them versus us, it would be me. I know. And you would be clearly, the, obviously, the funny guy just listening. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what I'm saying. Imagine the roles flipped. I'm like, what a fucking joke, just crickets. <laughs> no, I think, um, I think it would just be way too stressful for you because I know you, and it doesn't matter how busy you are, or how tired you are, you would stay up and like grind yourself into the ground Ew. every week to get like the best w- report you would could. Ruin everything. Yeah. No, I like our setup. But anyways, so. Um, Things I Learned Last Night is a great recommend. I've been listening to it since. I think what I like about your recommendation for them is how much they make you laugh. They make me laugh I think that's the first time you've said that about a fellow podcaster. (laughs) You've said, like, you've had lots of recommendations and things you like about them. But I think this is the first time where you've been like, these people really make me laugh. And that makes me excited. I'm definitely going to try it. Yeah. They're funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the first one's funny. BB always likes to start with the first one, which for any podcast, including it's our rough. own, it's is rough. rough. I yeah. feel like, you know, just pick a random one in the middle. Yeah. There's so many different topics. Maybe I should just start with like number 13 hey, for all of them. That's perfect. You know? um, this one, because they do different topics all the time, you could just scroll through till a topic interests you. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm listening to the one about the radioactive Boy Scout. Mm. The Boy Scout who built his own uh, nuclear reactor in his backyard. Okay. So you could just scroll through and see what catches your fancy. Yeah. Anywho. Oh, my goodness. Natalia Grace. She's born in 2003, possibly. Um, She's given up to an orphanage in the Ukraine. She's born in the Ukraine. She's born with um, dwarfism Mm -hmm. and scoliosis. She's this orphanage that she starts her life in. Here's how they set the ages for kids. If they have a couple kids where they know what age they are, like they know that this kid is 10 and they know that this kid is five. Yeah. They then line the children up in high order. Okay. And then assign ages. Like So oh, it doesn't matter if you're five, if you're taller than somebody that's. Right. Basically, yeah. like if they don't know your age, they basically just like. Oh, they fill in the gaps. Okay. And they're like, hey, he's shorter than the 10 year old. So she's eight. Gotcha. Okay. So that's how they kind of assign ages in mm-hmm. this orphanage. Unless the guys on that podcast were completely joking and being sarcastic, in which case that's not how they do and it. And that's fucking amazing for us. <laughs> to just I wrote it down you know, as uh-huh. like fact. I'm yeah. like, oh, yep, that sounds that right. That definitely happened. Um, so they give Natalia Grace a birth certificate of 2003. Um, she is adopted by a family in New Hampshire. She lives with them for two years, right? She's eventually given up by that family because the family 
claims, the mother claims that Natalia was trying to break one of her little brother's arms. Natalia, who was on the Dr. Phil show and did an interview, says that that's not true. They were just wrestling. You know, he might have actually gotten hurt while they were wrestling, but she was not trying to like. Yeah. Maliciously break his arm. Which is believable. Which is believable, but for some reason, the mom had it in her head, which makes you wonder what other things that have happened. That instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, or just if other weird things yeah. were happening yeah, yeah. to give her up for adoption. She then bounces around to multiple families. Um, she says she's not quite sure how many. The woman I'm about to tell you about, whose name is Christine, um, we'll get to her in a minute, claims and always told Natalia that she was with 30 different families. 30. Natalia says she does not remember 30 different families. She remembers a few different families, but it's hard to remember because she was so young. Okay. Which makes sense. It does. You're a little kid. What do you How much do you remember from when you were three, four, five years old? Okay. Okay. So, to be fair, I I need to ask when do they really start forming memories? I mean, when's your first memory? I want to say like five. Oh, dang. No, my first memory is like. Three. Three. Yeah. Okay. But my first memories are all like bad memories. So like my my first memories, I have three first memories and I can't remember what chronological order they were in, like what happened first. And I first. feel like bad memories would come earlier and would be more long lasting. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I have a memory of following my Teddy, my walking Teddy Ruxpin. Remember that? toy the teddy my fucking parents invested in that shit and lost all their money (laughs) (laughs) yes i fucking remember teddy rubskin i love that does your family hate teddy rubskin now no because it was still the best fucking toy ever because i would switch out his story tape for like madonna and shit me too and it would mouth it yes it was the best i had a i had a walking talking teddy Mm rubskin and i also had a talking um goofy same idea but same thing i'd put my share cassettes in them no i don't remember mine walking though so okay i had the advanced one apparently damn bitch i followed my mom broke a glass in our apartment like this was the apartment we lived in with my dad so i was a toddler yeah and i walked on the broken glass got a piece of glass in my foot my aunt diane had to dig it out of my foot i remember that I remember trying to shave my legs in the bathtub oh, around the same age. Oh, no. And these are the 80s razors, oh, right? No, no, They're just no, fucked no. up. Tore up my leg, blood everywhere. Yeah. I remember my Aunt Kathy. Of course you would remember that. I remember my Aunt Kathy finding me and screaming because yeah. my Aunt Kathy doesn't do blood <coughs> and panicking. And then my last first memory is... My mom napping. My mom is a hard sleeper. Yeah. She has more hair than anyone's ever had on the face of this planet. I've been doing hair for 18 it's years. Crazy. Still, I've not met somebody with as much hair as my mother. And uh, I remember thinking, I guess I was a hairdresser back then, that she needed a haircut. And I got out some scissors, like old school, like office scissors. Yeah. And got them just wrapped and snarled in her hair. And I remember her waking up and... I mean, obviously yeah. being furious. Right. Um, which is funny because my mom was almost never mad at me as a kid. But yeah. I remember that. Like, I was shocked. My mom was pissed. And even that, you just got them snarled in her hair. You didn't fucking chop her hair off. No. Yeah. But they were, I remember how badly tangled yeah, they were in course. her hair. So those are my three first memories. What's your first memory, be? So mine is really more of like smells mm-hmm. and sounds. Mm-hmm. 
Because I did have the Hispanic nanny, the family that yeah. my, I would go and stay with during the day. And oh my God, I will never, like I dream about it to this very day. I smell the rice and beans yeah. that she would start like first thing in the morning mm-hmm. and they would slow cook until the afternoon and the fresh tortillas. Oh, fresh tortillas. And like I could literally close my eyes and tell you every room about her house yeah. and the backyard that I played in. So God knows what age I was, but I don't have like memories of specific things that happened at that house. Yeah, you should remember it. Remember mm-hmm. the environment. So that's what I'm saying. The like my first real memories of like things happening where I can tell you who was there and what we did is like when I'm five, like going to Disneyland and that kind of shit. And five, in all fairness, four and five is when like strong memories. Yeah. Those other ones I mentioned, they're flashes. Mm-hmm. I do remember them. But um yeah, like definitely four or five is when I remember stuff like you know. Yeah. Like getting a a really big birthday present from my grandparents and right. opening it and stuff like that. The earthquake. I remember the 89 earthquake really well. Okay. I remember the 89 earthquake happening and it was just me, my mom and my grandma and my mom and grandma sitting in the hallway of my grandma's mobile home. Yeah. Chain smoking cigarettes, literally like it's their last day on earth. Yeah. And me just like playing with my fun food because all my fun my kitchen had fallen right. over and no i, was I like don't remember reorganizing the my fun food kitchen yeah like my parents describe it to me so i know what happened but i don't remember it for myself i don't have my own memory of it yeah i remember we were watching tv mm-hmm. and i remember getting kind of close to the tv i can't remember why but then the tv just going to like snow yeah remember old school tvs with yeah like- and you've talked about it on past podcasts how you would be up so early watching those like pbs like the public yeah, I don't even think it happened that early in the morning, though, B. I don't know. My parents remember, like, the bed rocking. I feel like... Oh, yeah, it, maybe it did then. Yeah. No, I, I mean, feel, if we were at my grandma's house, we were up early. I was... Uh, my yeah. grandma gets up at, like, four in the morning. And that's why I'm saying I remember you talking about that and you being up and watching those early morning <laughs> yeah. shows. I, so... Yeah, my parents remember it like it was an early morning thing. All right. Well, there you go. Hey, leave us a comment. What's your first memory? Mm-hmm. All right. So she doesn't really remember how many families... This lady claims it's 30. Natalia claims it's not 30. She doesn't remember how many, but she does bounce around qu- quite a bit. So she keeps going and getting adopted by families, and then they send her back to the foster care system in the U.S. All for their own reasons, but no one. Yeah, with, none we don't of, have a reason why. Yeah. Um, who knows? Mm-hmm. So then at, air quote, six years old in 2010, she's adopted by Michael and Christine Barnett. They have three kids of their own, including their autistic son, Jacob, who's like a genius. Okay. He's like a Sheldon yeah. from Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's at elementary school age. He's already taking like college courses genius, right? Mm. So riding off the wave of the success of this autistic kid that she has, Christine starts this like school and she's like very into like the holistic treatment yeah um like that's how you should go about uh helping your autistic children it's very like essential oils and i get it all that stuff right so she starts a school the school's super successful she writes a book the spark super successful she's not an expert about it you've heard of the spark i think i have wow Uh so she's not an expert she has no like um, like official 
Right. It's just based on her experience. With her kid, though. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, all kids are different. Obviously. Even autistic kids. Right. But whatever. So that's what they're up to. So here they are adopting a child, another special needs or disabled child, if you will. And this is kind of like, it's a little bit of a big deal. Look at this. She's so successful in this world of dealing with like special needs children's children. This is the perfect match. Children and their families. Right. I mean, this is going to be. Why not take on. A match made in heaven. Yeah, of course. So they notice some weird things about Natalia. They notice that first of all, she's highly advanced for her age. Mm -hmm. Her vocab is insanely adult. Yeah. Very well spoken. High vocab. Um, they also notice that she has pubic hair and they also notice oh. that she started her period. Wow. Here's and the she's, thing. Wait, remind me, how old is she supposed to be? Well, they adopt her when her si- when she's six. I don't know at what age they start noticing these things about okay. her. She's in their care for about two years. Okay, so, so even still between six and eight, this is what they're... Here's what I'll say. My oldest daughter, who's 10, is very tall. She's already five foot six. Right. She's already taller than me. I'm only five foot two. Right. I'm not going to put her on blast because she will hate me forever. But these things happen to her at a young age advanced. as well. Yeah. And she also had the advanced vocab and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, personality-wise, you would know she's a child. Like, right. it doesn't take long to figure that out. But if we're just going off of these, like, physical attributes. She's much older. Li- you would More think mature. my daughter is way older than what mm-hmm. she is. So, you know, who knows, yeah. right? So then Natalia starts acting a little weird. She starts doing things like hiding knives all over the house. She starts putting clear thumbtacks on the stairs and on like seats for them to step on and sit oh on. My God. She starts threatening to kill Christine and no. to harm her the other kids in the house. She poisons Christine's coffee with like a like pine saw like dust off. No. Um she pushes Christine into an electric fence and the creme de la creme, the cherry on the cake for us be they wake up multiple times, finding her standing over them while they sleep at night with a knife in her hand. Literally one of those things, anyone, one of those things. And I would have been out. I would have been done one. Well, it makes you wonder how, why all those families sent her back. eh? Right. So they take her to a psychiatrist The psychiatrist diagnoses her with this, like, I didn't see what the actual diagnosis is, but (laughs) I could have said I didn't write it down, but I actually didn't even look in the first place. Um, But it's like this psychiatric diagnosis that they only diagnose adults with. Okay. And they're all literally, we only find this in adults. This is not a child thing to happen. Yeah. So they're like, oh, that's weird. So then they take her to a doctor doctor, like a a MD, like a physical doctor. Yeah, yeah. They do a bone density scan on her. And Interesting. The bone density scan comes back that she's actually 22 years old. Fuck. So now what do you do? Oh, my God. So they go and they have her birth certificate officially changed to her being born in 1989, which oh would make her 22 God. at that time. And they set her up with an apartment. They stock it with food. They give her some cash. They put her, they get her signed up for disability. Okay. Yeah. yeah and yeah. they fucking moved to Canada. I don't blame them. They got out on her. 
and good because, on them okay well hold on b don't jump the listen okay um so uh, they go to canada so their genius kid jacob can like go to school or something okay so then this 22 year old or possibly eight year old starts living on her own and goes to like an adult ed school, like adult ed classes yeah. to get her GED that the mom, Christine, had signed her up for. Okay. She lives in this apartment for a year yeah. on her own. Yeah. And then one day she's sitting out on like the little <coughs> front stoop, the little front stairs mm-hmm. of the apartment. Yeah. And she is approached by and meets the man's couple, Antoine and Cynthia Manns. They are... Uh, religious couple Antoine is a pastor mm-hmm. they have five kids okay and they see this little Young girl, girl. Mm-hmm. just sitting alone on the steps of an apartment building and so they ask her how old she is and she says 22 and they press her and they're like no you're not how old are you how old are you and they press her until she finally says that she's nine yeah and um they say in the Dr. Phil interview that it just seemed like when she was answering 22 that she was saying it in a way that they could tell that she had been taught to say that like she had been being forced to say that she was 22 wow when really she apparently is nine years old the man's adopt her well first of all they go and have her evaluated apparently and they have documentation from some doctor somewhere saying that she is in fact a child she's a minor so they adopt her right and she lives with them for years. Yeah. Eventually, they go after the Barnetts for child abandonment and neglect. Right. All right. The Barnetts turn themselves in. They turn themselves in because they're like, she was a fucking adult when we left her. Like, so, oh, to be fair, when sh- the mans found her, was she neglected? I mean, like was she I think it count if she is a child it's neglectful and abandonment even if you set her up in an apartment you can't just leave a child right for no, a year to no, live on their own but beach. that's that's a strong if if it's a child <laughs> well and they yeah you're right so um and all the teachers by the way at her adult ed class they had no questions that she was an adult right the way she carried herself the that's way she I'm spoke saying. they completely thought she was so if she is caring for herself up to this point she's sitting on this fucking stoop if she's not looking like a ragged ass fucking eight-year-old child yeah i hear you yeah so the barnett's turn themselves in because there's basically like sure we did nothing wrong here yeah is their idea i'm that's what they're claiming i get it so in um 2019 that's when the bar so I can't remember what year. What year did I say? Um, 2013. So maybe 2014 she meets the mans because 2013 is when the Barnett's left her. Okay. She's there for a year. Every year. Yeah. She meets the mans. Fast forward to 2019. That's when the Barnett's turn themselves in. Mm -hmm. That's also when Natalia and her new parents sit down and do an interview with Dr. Phil. Natalia is now air quote 16 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, I should... What do you got for me? I'm going to look up a picture of her. Ooh, I get to see a picture. You pour some wine. Mm -hmm. And I will show you pictures of Natalia Grace on the Dr. Phil show versus there's also some older pictures on here. But look at 
especially the top two pictures B. That's when she was on Dr. Phil when she's in like the salmon colored shirt. Okay, okay, hold on. And you tell me your first impression just looking seeing her face. Looking at the top two pictures, just looking at her face, that is not a child. Well, she's supposed to be 16. At the time of the interview, she's 16. Okay. Does she look 16? Long pause. Long I think pause. she looks older. Yeah. And when you see her talk, she looks and sounds a lot older. I think she looks older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she looks older than but, 16. But now look down. I don't know if it's a picture or two. And look at the, the side by side. Yeah. Or like even below the side by side when she's at the Barnett's house. Look how young she looks. No, that does. That looks like a young face. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really weird. Uh, no. So maybe she ages quickly. Maybe she's got like a rapid I don't, aging. Nope, she doesn't be. Oh, uh, well. well <laughs> that out. That's not a thing that happens. I mean, it might be, but she doesn't But have it. yeah, no, the young picture down below. Yeah, when she's with the Barnett family, she does look very young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then when she's on Dr. Phil, she looks like she's fucking 28. Especially like this picture right here. Yeah. Yeah. And when mm-hmm. you see her talk, like we obviously can't play a clip because I'm sure it's no it looks like marked or whatever an adult she comes off very intelligent very classy yeah very um put together Mm -hmm. and but she also talks i don't i I don't know how she speaks before the dr phil interview because who knows but she speaks just like the man's so like the husband and wife have a very i don't know if it's because they're southern or because i don't know what it is but they do have like a very affected way that they speak. Okay. And she does it too. And okay. so it's like, is that from living with them for so many years? Like, you know, you always take on yeah. your, you know, if you're with somebody, they're like catchphrases or right. their mannerisms and stuff. Or is she mimicking them yeah. to like fit in? Yeah. Right. So the mans say that she's always been nothing but great with her younger siblings. Mm-hmm. She's been nothing but a great daughter. She's never had a period. Natalia and the man's, but especially Natalia, claims that Christine is lying about everything. That she didn't do any of the things that they accused her of, including like hiding knives. Because they said that she would like hide knives on top of the fridge and stuff. And she's Mm -hmm. like, how? How 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 did I do that? Yeah. Like even with a step stool, I can't reach it. So she was like, I don't, I can't even do that. She said she lied about everything. And then the pine salt poisoning she said was they were cleaning together and Christine had told her that she had missed a spot to go back and like spray this table and Christine's coffee was on the table. Got it. And so Natalia claims that she went back to respray the table like Christine asked her to and then Christine flipped out. Mm-hmm. You, I saw you, you sprayed that in my coffee and now I have proof that you're trying to poison me and whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. Okay. So they believe that Christine and her husband were lying about it the whole time. Wow. Um, I don't know why they would do that. I I don't know. No. I don't know who's telling the truth, who's not. They claim to have paperwork saying that Natalia is actually at this time 16 years old. Right. The man's claim to have paper. Uh, the Barnett's claim to have paperwork that she was Everything's actually Everything's conflicting everything. Yeah. There's. So um, a couple of things. Dr. Phil does have a very good point. He makes a good point about how he's met children or have seen children come from these group homes in like the Ukraine Mm -hmm. and countries like that. And 
they're usually very much developmentally delayed. They're usually behind. Um, so he does find it very odd that she grew up or, you know, started the first couple years of her life there and then came to America extremely advanced. Yeah. He also finds it weird that at eight years old, she made it a whole year in an apartment. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I look, I have an eight year old right now. My daughter used to be eight and I just there's no way. A whole year. Not even an hour. Mm -mm. My kids are very smart. They're very independent. They can, you know, they take care of themselves a lot from the day to day. There is no way in hell that if I dropped them off at an apartment and was yeah. like, you're on your own, mm -hmm. that they wouldn't go for help immediately. Right. Now, I understand that maybe Natalia's circumstances are different because she didn't have, like, it would be very odd for you or I to drop our child off. Right. We're the only parent they ever have. We're their actual parent. That would be crazy. And she's been passed around. Yeah, I mean, yeah. whatever. So um, eventually the charges against the Barnetts are dropped okay. because technically, legally, when they left her. The doctors had told them. And they had the birth certificate yeah. that said that she was 22 years old. They assumed that they were dropping off an adult. Absolutely. Based on the legal documents that they had and the proof and everything. Yeah. Now, whether or not they really thought that or they're just trying to scam it. Yeah. Who knows? Right. And um, Natalia, I looked her up on Facebook. She doesn't have an Instagram, but I looked her up on Facebook. She is a born again Pentecostal, just no. like the man's, just like her parents. Mm -hmm. She is a Christian girl. So is she living as a young she, adult then? Like, Well, if she was 16 in 2019, mm -hmm. 2021, that means that she would still only be like maybe 18 this year. Okay. And that's, she says that's her that, age. That the man's mm -hmm. say that's her age. Okay. And um, the that's truth is nobody, we'll at know. least in the public, knows her real age. No one will ever know. We would have to find her birth parents or somebody to like link DNA to. Yeah. To do like, I would assume. Yeah. I actually don't know if that's how you find it. Like, how do you figure it out? Fuck. Fuck if I know. So that's Natalia Grace. We still don't know her official age. So you can believe the Barnetts who claim that an adult scammed their way into the U.S. Yeah. pretending to be a child and then had like psychopathic tendencies and wanted to kill the whole family. Or you can believe Natalia and the Mans, which is that she was a child born in 2003 who had a horrific childhood, got passed around a bunch of families and is actually now either a teenager or a young adult as of now, 2021, who is um, a good girl. And the minute she was put into a loving home, you know, yeah. lived up to her potential. So okay. you guys can decide because uh, I actually don't know. I really don't. I'm when torn. I, when I was watching that Dr. Phil interview, like I said, she comes off like a 30-year-old. Yeah. She looks from her mannerisms to her hair and makeup to the way everything, everything about her says like a 30-year-old yeah. woman. But then they show pictures of her at the man's house with her siblings, like smiling and wrestling and stuff. And she seems much younger. And then they show, like I said, pictures of her from the Barnett's house where she seems much really younger. Young. Yeah. So that, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. But there you go, guys. I guess it's not technically a true crime case and nobody got murdered, but it's interesting. Very. 
I mean, I guess it's like a crime against children that they could just go without knowing. Okay, so it's a true crime case as either the Barnett's abandoning a child. Yeah. And like kind of framing her a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's a crime. Yeah. Um, Because they said even if she wasn't a child, even if she was an adult, they still abandoned like a disabled person, which is still against the law. Right. So there you go. That's a crime. Mm -hmm. Or if she's an adult who scammed her way in. And that's that's a crime as well. That's probably a crime. Or if it's true about. we'll never know. All the threats and, and the kind of like shady shit she was doing. Those are, I'm sure, at least frowned upon. And when did we assume she was born? 2003? So 2003 is what her original birth certificate says. Mm hmm. Um, so that would make her, yeah, like 18, right? Mm-hmm. Because two more years, she would be 20. Yeah, because this movie is 2009. Yes, so like I said, breakfast for, oh, yeah, but we didn't, hold on, 2003, she's adopted by the Barnetts, I want to say 2010. Yeah. Yeah, so she's adopted by the Barnetts in 2010. So yes, this the movie, movie came, came first before. Because then all that weird shit with the Barnetts happened. That's fucking crazy that this movie came before. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's Breakfast wow. for Dinner. That's what I said. The movie came first and then the Natalia Gray story hit and they were like, oh, it's the real life orphan. Damn. Wow. All right. Well, buckle in, guys. You ready? Yeah. Can you hear the chopper in the background? I, I mean, I can. <laughs> I don't know if the, if the listeners can, but I definitely can. All right. So the orphan, I have never seen this movie. Never. Mm-mm. But I have seen lots of clips from this movie. Okay, interesting. I've seen nothing about this movie. I've I knew that it existed. A lot of movies were coming out around this time. Not all were worth the watch. Yeah. I wouldn't describe it as a horror movie. It's like a psychological thriller. Okay. Okay. Um the main character, the mom, Kate, is also the main character from like the Conjuring movies. Okay. And then, did you ever watch Sneaky Pete with mm. um, Giovanni Rivisi? Who? On Amo- the guy who played Phoebe's brother on Friends. Oh, yes. I love him. Yeah. No, that I never saw Sneaky okay, Pete. Okay. Then it's on Amazon Prime. And it's she's in the show. Anyways, she plays the psychiatrist in the movie. Okay. And then, I don't think I actually wrote down his real name. It's Okay. <laughs> But I feel like his last name is similar to Skarsgård. So wait, does this count as a drink? Because I didn't fucking write it down. Y'all have to take a double drink for that one because B didn't write it down this time. Right. I'm sure I've got it like in little parentheses here, but I don't think I ever actually wrote it down. Uh -uh. Um, His name sounds like Skarsgård, but it's not. He's not like one of those brothers. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. It's like Skarsgård, but there's no K. It's like Sarsgård. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Anyways. So the movie opens hard. Oh. Heavy. Like sad? Yeah. Oh. Her coming in to the hospital. She's in labor. They're excited to have their baby. They've already named her Jessica. She's the third child in the family. And is this Russia? No. This is America. This is America. This is Kate and John coming to the hospital. Okay. John's checking in. They take Kate away. Okay. She's taken away all by herself, which I thought was a little odd, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, the music gets eerie. Ooh. The lighting gets eerie. Ooh. 
she starts bleeding <sighs> heavily. God damn it. Labors that go wrong are my worst things to watch. Right? I hate it every time. She's seeping through the wheelchair. Jesus a Christ. Trip. Are they hurrying? No. The <laughs> nurses and stuff? It's very casual. This isn't like a code blue? No. This is very casual. Oh, Anyways, my God. She wakes up during surgery. And it's them having to remove, like, her stillborn baby. Oh, my God. The baby died. Did you cry? I didn't cry. But you felt it. I was very upset. (laughs) Yeah. I was was very upset. (laughs) Anyways. So they pull the child from her insides. Do they show it? Oh, yeah. It's very graphic. It's very bloody. She's screaming through the whole thing. And but even though they told her that, like, the baby's dead, they're like, congratulations, it's a girl. And they hand her a screaming bloody baby. What? And the and then she starts screaming and then she wakes up. It was a dream. It was a dream. Mm. OK. Is she even pregnant? Yes. Oh, OK. She had been pregnant. She is currently on like antidepressants or something. She she goes to the bathroom. She takes a pill. She's like sitting on the floor in the fetal position or whatever, like gaining her composure. And the next day we learn in therapy, um, like I said, her doctor played by the woman from Sneaky Pete didn't write down her actual <laughs> name or anything. Didn't write it down. Relevant about her. Um, Drink up. I know. And... Basically, Kate and John, because they lost this child, but they still have love for another baby, they've been considering adoption. Uh-huh. But I guess Kate also has issues with alcoholism. I mean... I know, right? <laughs> no judgment here. Uh, but it seems like they're hinting that something might have happened. Uh-huh. Right? Something significant, but we don't know yet at this point. And so she's like, look, I've been struggling. Like, I want to drink. And so I'm I'm afraid it's not the time. Mm-hmm. Like, is now the time to adopt an- another child? I mean, at so- least she, she sounds pretty responsible about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so she goes to pick up her other daughter, Max, who was five. Max is hearing impaired. Okay. Right? So she wears um, hearing aids. To kind of get the basics. She can like read lips. Uh-huh. But for the most part, she's completely deaf. Also, another weird tie. I mean, because Kate becomes the adoptive mom. Mm-hmm. The fact that she already has like a special needs child. Mm-hmm. Which is just, an, that's just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. That both her and Christine have special needs children Absolutely. already. Yes. Mm-hmm. How weird. And so once they're back at the house... Um, Kate is very much into playing piano. I guess that's like her job. She teaches piano at mm-hmm. Yale and she's very prestigious and all of this. But she's distracted by Max trying to like figure out how to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Right. So Max can't hear the ball hitting the side of the house over <laughs> and over and over and over. That's funny. Right. So obviously we can relate as moms. Kate snaps. Yeah. She's like, Max, <laughs> for the fuck's sake. Like, Came it down. Yeah. But Max can't hear. So it's like, oh, now I feel like an asshole. <laughs> you know, I saw on TikTok that um, this is in this kind of the same lane. Um, 
this woman was talking about how her mom's deaf. Okay. Right? Like, um, she used a sign language with her in, in her yeah. mother's home. She grew up using sign language to talk to her mom. Yeah. And she said that, does any does anyone else's um, deaf family members, when they're tired of hearing your shit, just tune you out by closing their eyes? I'm like, that's hilarious. It is. That they could stop you Ama- mid-conversation by Amazing. closing their eyes. Mm-hmm. They're like, nope, I've had enough of this. I just thought that was incredible. What it a is. superpower to have. Basically. <laughs> um. At the point that Kate snaps at Max, we see her husband, John, pull up with their son, Danny. Danny is a few years older. I would assume seven, eight. Okay. Right? If I had to guess. And Danny completely blows off his mom. Right? Just like takes the basketball from Max, makes a hoop pieces and like bounces okay so danny might have some un unworked issues mm-hmm. yeah right danny's not really into the family yeah, at all i mean like, I know. can you it, blame him exactly so it's bedtime and kate goes to tuck max in and max wants to read the same book that she always wants to read and it's the book about losing her baby sister okay Right. It's a very religious themed book about her sister going to heaven mm-hmm. and the whole thing. So there we go. We're tying in like a religious thing now. I, I, incredible. The coincidences. Wow. Are insane. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> and so after putting the kids to bed, Kate goes to the bathroom for her nightly pill, crawls into bed with her husband. And they are obviously going back and forth with the idea of adoption. And she's like, look, I have this love for a child. I want to give it to somebody. Let's let's do it. What about a dog? Have we tried a dog nope. yet? <laughs> nope. That's where all my love for children's mm-hmm. gonna go as soon as these motherfuckers get out of my house yep. as a dog. So they go to Saint Mariana's orphanage for girls, and once inside, like John excuses himself to go to the restroom. Mm-hmm. So he goes upstairs, and the sister nun, whoever I believe her name was, like Sister Abigail. Does it say where this takes place? No. Okay. Just any town America. But it's very snowy. It, oh. Yeah, it's it's snowy, icy, so wintery. So we'll say Midwest or East Coast. Yeah, and they're, I mean, based on their house and whatever, they're wealthy. Or they live in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Where right. anybody Be- could anybody, afford that fucking house. Exactly. All right. Fantastic. So he excuses himself to go upstairs, and he hears a little girl singing. Mm. And he's drawn to it and he sneaks in and from the door he's kind of watching her and she's painting and she's singing and she's obviously very intelligent. Oh, like very advanced for her age. Wow. This this movie might have more in common with this case than (laughs) almost any other one. No. It's so funny. It's crazy. (laughs) So downstairs, the sister and Kate are like, well, where is John? And it's like, well, he excused himself to go to the bathroom. They go to find him, find him watching the girl. And she's describing her painting about how the mother tiger's sad or whatever about her baby, blah, 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 blah. But even the saddest moments have the happiest endings. And And is she believable as a child? Very much so. Okay. Like, literally, if, if the movie wasn't called Orphan. Yeah. And the cover wasn't an evil fucking child. You would think like, oh, it's a kid. Wonderful child. She um, she, she is the it. girl from The Hunger Games. Which girl? 
one of the tributes. Okay. She's the tribute who throws all the knives. Ooh. I feel like she might be from District 2. Mm. She might be Kato's girl, but I could definitely be wrong about that. Um, but she okay. is definitely from the Hunger Games. Okay. And she's tiny. Yeah. She's a tiny girl. When you see pictures, there's one point where she almost kills Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. in the Hunger Games. And you see pictures of her on top of Jennifer Lawrence. And, and it's like small. a child's on top of Jennifer Interesting. Lawrence. Interesting. Okay. So, clearly impressed by this little girl, they move forward with the adoption. They learn that she came from Russia. She's only been in the United States for... Wait, she came from Russia? Yes. Insane. I know. Absolutely insane. She's only been in the United States for a few years, so the fact that her English is so well Uh at this point is just... (laughs) Unlike ours. Right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Unlike ours, hers is on point. (gasps) Anyways, um, and that her original family died in a house fire, which she was the only survivor. I do know that um, Natalia Grace, her mom gave her up for adoption. So she doesn't have a tragic backstory of family dying or whatever. She was put up into the orphanage. There we go. The nun or the sister tells them that the... What's the difference between a nun and a sister? Nothing. Okay. They're the same thing. Thank you. A nun is a nun. I think they call each other sister. Okay. Perfect. So she tells them the only time that they've ever had an issue with this girl, Esther, who's nine years old, is... um, Oh, Esther's even a creepy name. She wears ribbons on her neck Mm -hmm. and her wrists. Mm -hmm. And if anyone tries to remove those ribbons... She flips the fuck out. Oh. And if she has to go to the dentist, she flips the fuck out. I know what the dentist is for. Do they ever explain the ribbons? Yeah. They explain it all. Oh, good. Yeah. But why would they explain it if it happened before? What do you mean? Because you look like you know why. No, I know the cl- the dentist thing I is one of the clips I saw. Oh, okay. Like gotcha. they always show clips of that movie. I thought it was because it was something. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. no. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just because I've seen that clip in the movie. Got it. So three weeks later, nine-year-old Esther comes home mm-hmm. with this family. She's nervous but excited. On the way home, she is practicing her sign language. Oh. So that she can communicate with Max. Fantastic. Right? She's what a gem. I know. She's very good at it. Max, Already she's good at it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Real quick to learn this one. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Max is so excited to have a new sister. Danny, not so much. He's already struggling with the idea. Like Danny's already my favorite character. Yeah, he's like, I got to fucking share my parents with this girl. <laughs> this fucking freak show. Something about Danny. I just really like him. Mm-hmm. Immediately, Esther notices Kate's piano and expresses how much she would love to learn to play. Oh, yeah. Right? It's something she's always wanted to do and something she's so passionate about. It'll bring them closer together, blah, blah, blah. They're sharing gifts and doing everything they can to make her feel part of the family. Danny's not having it. He's like playing Guitar Hero. Yes, Danny. He's in the other room. Yes. like, I give zero fucks. As you should be. And then when he asks his dad to like watch him play Guitar Hero and gets no attention, he goes out to his treehouse and looks at nudie magazines. Yes, Danny. He's got like a little Playboy stash. I would be such good friends with Danny if I was a kid. So that night, Kate and John 
are getting intimate and it feels like this is the first time in a while Ooh, feels like it's been a real long time something about having a kid in the house turns them on huh? that, that's that, weird more so that like kate's initiating the intimacy oh yeah right after losing the baby she probably had her, her oh for sure it's just weird that struggles. like adopting a kid is what gets the juices flowing the love in the house the love in the air i Who, guess yeah, i don't know anyways <laughs> well it doesn't work out so great because there's a storm esther wakes up wakes max up and they all end up in the bed with mom and dad yeah <laughs> not danny though not danny not my man danny no not fucking danny danny Fuck doesn't you. give any shits whatsoever <laughs> then it's time to go to school and Max and Danny are fucking ready to go in normal kid clothes. Esther comes down in like ruffled Princess Diana. Like you, I, I was picturing more like like Amish Little House on the Prairie. It's very regal. Oh. Not your standard American And Danny's child. like, are you fucking kidding me, Mom? Like, <laughs> and Mom's probably like, make sure you watch out for your new sister at school. No, and so actually, to be fair, Kate's like, so look, I don't want you to get be- like made fun of. Like, are you sure this is what you want to wear? And Esther's like, well, you told me it's okay to be different. Like, I, I, <laughs> It's I real want- different. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. I want to be myself. But of course, and myself is a haunted 1800s Victorian doll. Of so. course, she gets bullied, mm-hmm. and um, especially this girl named Brenda. This girl named Brenda really goes for her. Of course, her name's Brenda. Mm-hmm. And so, once back at the house that afternoon, oh. Esther and Max are sledding, but Kate freaks out when she sees the girls going too close to the edge of this like iced over pond. Okay. To the point where you're almost like, why is she freaking out so hard? Like something might have happened there. Right. But they don't go into it just yet. And so she scolds the girls like, you should know better. It's too dangerous. And meanwhile, Danny's out back shooting his G.I. Joes with like a paintball gun. (laughs) Danny. I know. Carrying the movie, (laughs) Danny. Carrying the movie. But he also decides to shoot a bird. Uh, like a pigeon i know but still i'm not down with that and because it's a paintball gun it doesn't kill the bird just fucks it up Mm -hmm. because those things hurt so esther and max roll up and they see what happens and esther's like well you know what you have to do what put it down and danny's like yeah like what the fuck am i supposed to do and she's like well you have to kill it yeah and so esther hands him a rock he's like i'm not gonna fucking kill the bird so she smashes the fuck out of the bird oh wow smashes the fuck out of the bird you know what else this movie reminds me of um that macaulay culkin movie the good son yes it's got a lot of good son vibes very much so so it's bath time and um kate puts esther in the bath everything's good she leaves the door cracked and she's like doing laundry again how old is esther nine yes you don't put nine year olds in, in the, the bath. bath. My four year old's already wanting to shower on her own. I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's weird. We had another movie like that where they were like bathing a fucking 11 year old. Yeah. Like, why? No. Mm-mm. So Esther's like singing or whatever, closes the door and locks it. And Kate's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, we don't lock doors in this house. What? Yeah. 
who, who what the, if what if she's pooping uh, right she's like well i grew up in a fucking orphanage like i'm used to people just coming and going as they please like i'd feel much more comfortable if i me could lock too the girl door. i'm behind every locked door i can get All right so i totally i agree with her at this point i think that's really fucking odd but anyways we know she's a freak show so it's like yeah eh, anyways so Kate agrees to it, like, okay, just to make you comfortable for tonight, I'll allow you to lock the door, but, like, make sure you sing so I know you're okay, whatever. This nine-year-old might drown in the fucking tub. Yeah, okay. All right. She goes to put Esther's clothes away. She finds a Bible. Okay. And before she can, like, actually get into it, she kind of, like, stops what she's doing. She's like, I don't want to spy on this new kid that we just brought into right. her life. But she drops it. And a picture of an elder, like an older man, like a dad figure, Mm -hmm. pops out. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, well, that's interesting, but doesn't think much of it and puts it back. And Could be anybody. Anything. Could be her dad that Mm -hmm. died. Could be her grandpa. Exactly. Could be anything at this point. Right? Then the movie alludes to the fact that, like, Esther knows everything that went down. Like, she somehow saw... Like, you get that eerie feeling. The Bible that, situation. Yeah, like, from the bathtub, she somehow, like, witnessed what went down. Or maybe um, maybe Kate didn't put the picture back in the right spot. Whatever. You just... you Or get... didn't put the Bible back mm-hmm, in the right spot. Mm-hmm. So, the next day at school, Danny starts acting out and trying to impress his friends as Esther is walking down the hall. He... Like, knocks all the books out of her hands. No, now I'm starting to lose my love for Danny. I know. He, we can't he's shoot just... birds. We can't pick on our new weird sister. I know. Anyways. And while she's down on her hands and knees trying to pick everything back up, bully Brenda rolls up and tries to remove the ribbon from around her neck. And Esther breaks her nose. No. Oh, fuck. That'd been great. I know. But she does flip the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Has a full-blown tantrum. Oh. Like, in the middle, like, screaming bloody I thought murder. it'd be way funnier if she got up and put the heel of her hand right into the bridge of Brenda's nose and just no, broke her fucking nose. But, That'd be hilarious. I mean, give it time. I mean, okay, no, okay. no, not at this point. So, anyways, back at home, Kate wants Esther to know, like, you can talk to me about anything that's happening. Please just open up to me. Let me know what's going on. Let me help you. Right. And so Esther's like, well, I need you to open up to me so that I know that I can feel safe. And she's like, why don't you tell me about baby Jessica? Oh, shit. Right? Which is fucking weird. But Kate takes Esther out to this, like, greenhouse. Okay. Like, garden situation Uh that they have. Because, again, it's snowing, right? But they have a garden. Right. And there's like um, a Damn, rose, they are rich. a rose bush, with white roses, mm-hmm. and like a memorial, and that's where they spread baby Jessica's ashes. Okay. And so she explains the whole thing and the memorial, and they share like a really intimate moment, and they hug. Does she say what happened to baby Jessica? She does. What happened to her? That she was a she died in the womb. And okay, so that stillborn thing did happen. Yeah, it but did. she dreamt about it when we mm-hmm. picked up on it. Okay, yes, it did actually. I happen. thought the whole thing was just a dream. Okay, so I mean she's... it was 
elaborated in the dream like, right mm, but it did actually happen to her yeah okay yeah perfect because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then the pond thing threw me off okay <laughs> right like did she lose the baby yeah no she did not lose the baby in the pond <laughs> and so th- they share a very touching moment and the more comfortable esther becomes around kate the more comfortable kate becomes like with her husband, like I said. So that night she sees her husband doing the dishes. And to be fair, anytime my husband does the dishes, it's like the sexiest thing in the world. Not in my household because I make that motherfucker do the dishes almost every night. No. <laughs> I'm like, girl, I get it. So they're trying to fucking bang one out in the middle of the kitchen, assuming. With all these kids walking right? around? That's what I was saying. I'm like, what? All these kids walking around? Your new kid from Russia you just got? Exactly. And they get caught. Yeah, no shit. Right. And so when Kate goes to talk to Esther about it, Esther's like, well, she's completely unbothered. And, mm-hmm. like, uninterested in the conversation. Like, Real quick, you know your pug sticker is facing I did all not. the way at the wall. No, no. It's not all the way. It was like, yeah, it was. And she looks Kate dead ass in the eyes and she's like, yeah, I get it. You fuck. She's like, I've been fucking for 13 okay. years. What? <laughs> what? Like, it's no big deal. And Kate's just like, what? <laughs> so when Kate goes to tell John, her husband, he's like, well... Things are different in Russia, honey. <laughs> He's just like, you don't know what she's been through. Like, we don't know where she picked it up from. Like, let's just give her the benefit of the doubt. Meanwhile, your son's up there looking at porno in his fucking treehouse. And Esther's like, or I mean, and Kate's like, no, I want Esther to go to my psychiatrist. Like, I think she needs to be, like, be seen. And he's like, no, that's the extreme. Like, just give it a minute. Also, they think she's nine, right? Correct. I mean, you knew about sex at nine, right? You had a, you had at least had an idea. Exactly. So it's yeah. not like completely out of pocket that she wouldn't have some kind of idea about right. sex by nine, right, right, right. Especially growing up in an orphanage with different ages of kids. Yes. Right. So John takes the kids, ooh, Sorry. to the playground. All right. And while playing on the swings, Esther sees bully Brenda roll up on her bike. And, like, fucking sizes her up from across the play yard. Right? The eyes that they gave each other. And as John is pushing Max, this, like, flirty neighbor lady comes over. Oh, this bitch. Right? She's, like, got her boobs out. And she's very, like, I just, I need you to come over and help me move a chair. And then Esther kills her. Well, come on, Esther, come through. If anyone's going to die in this movie, let's kill her. Anyways. So Esther's obviously sizing her up the Mm -hmm. whole time Mm -hmm. and John seeming a little uncomfortable. But Bully Brenda loses sight of Esther. She's walking around the playground very uncomfortably, like looking behind her shoulder or whatever, but still goes all the way up to the tippity toppity of the slide. A rut row. Where Esther is waiting for her. Wait. Hold on. So Brenda climbs to the top of the slide. Mm-hmm. How is Esther waiting for her? She's standing there? Uh-huh. And Brenda just like, didn't see her? Well, so the way that the play structure is, is it's all connected. 
Uh-huh. And so, like, so there's there was, like, a wooden, like, little fort type thing. Esther was, like, laying low somewhere. She was, like, in the corner, like, in the shadows. Got it. So Brenda's walking up to, like, sit down on the slide, and mm-hmm. Esther comes up behind her. And before she can sit down, pushes her from the top of the slide down the slide. Again, good sun vibes, man. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Pushes her down. She breaks her ankle on the way down. And the father accuses Esther of doing it, but John is like, absolutely not. She would never do that. My genius child from Russia who paints and sings and learns sign language? Never. Max sees the whole thing. Oh. But Esther convinces her, like... I can't even remember like what she said to convince her that it was okay. But like, if you tell her you're going to get in trouble too, almost Uh right. You saw it and you didn't stop me. So to make things even worse, the next day, Kate finds Esther playing the piano perfectly. Oh, so she didn't need those lessons by herself. Right. Also, what's, that's a real slip up on Esther's part. Yeah. That she starts just perfectly playing the piano when people are home. But she's so arrogant and like cocky the way that she talks to Kate that it's almost like condescending the way that she responds to Kate being so shocked. Like you lied to me. You said that you needed instructions to play. And she's like, well, technically I never said I didn't know how to play. I just knew that you were so desperate. Having... (gasps) Having a deaf child <laughs> who can't appreciate music and a son who doesn't share the same interests as you. I figured you were so desperate to have oh someone who wants. Yeah. I feel so cut down and rejected right now. No, literally. Like, <laughs> she fucking went in deep. Oh, my God. I feel for her, man. Right? And so, Kate's just like, what the fuck <laughs> did you just say to me? That's so funny. Could you imagine? No, we'd have a real problem. Right? I'm not mature enough to handle okay. that. So, Kate and John fight about that later that night. Because John's like, ah, no big deal. No, she exactly. Was just trying to be nice. No, John is just totally under the understanding that, like, that Man. was something he wanted to share with her. Like, I get it. Like, that was something she wanted to make special for you, and you just ruined it. All your fault, Kate. Yes. All your fault. Oh, my God. Right? So, this all boils up. So Kate drops the bomb that Esther told her about the neighbor hitting on him. Uh-oh. At the park. She pulls out the ace. Uh-huh. She's like, I fucking know all about so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Esther's somewhere listening to all this, laughing her ass oh, off. Oh, of course. And this is when it comes out. So basically, I guess John cheated years ago. Of course. But it was all a result because of Kate's drinking, she got blacked out drunk one day and it sounds like Max fell into the pond. Oh, there's the pond situation. Uh-huh. Is that what made her deaf? She was already deaf. It doesn't go into that. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Exactly. But either way, like Kate ended up in jail and John had to bail her out. Like, no, she's a good mom. She's a fit mom. The whole thing. Like, it was a big. Besides the blinding alcoholism, she's a perfect mom. So they agree that they like each gave each other second chances. And this Mm -hmm. is when they really need to be on each other's side and they Mm -hmm. need to stop Mm -hmm. fighting Mm -hmm. it. Anyways. (laughs) 
The next day, the nun from the orphanage, Abigail, comes to the family and she's like, look, I made a huge, a horrible mistake. Like, you never should have brought this person to your house. Oh, what did she say? She is like, I've done my own research and based on my findings and all the strange occurrences and everything that you've gone through currently, right, with the girl being pushed and... Like her attitude and everything. She's like, I believe that she killed the family. Oh, shit. Like the arson. Uh-huh. That she was the one that did it. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. And John's like, I don't understand. That can't be possible. And Kate's like, I fucking understand. <laughs> like, I think it's totally possible. Yeah. Like now we definitely need to take her to see my psychiatrist. Yeah. Right. My doctor. Yep. Also, still very kind of them. They're really mm-hmm. committed to trying to get her help, see this thing through. So, Esther hears all this from the other room, convinces Max that the mean lady downstairs, the sister, is going to try to take her away. Mm-hmm. So, the gr- two girls sneak into John's office. They find his keys. The keys lead to a, a safe with a gun. Okay. That's like partially loaded partially loaded mm-hmm. which reminds me shit something Last... you didn't write down nope. Per- oh. nope no it was about the uh fake not fake gun last week i said that there wasn't oh. a clip in it yeah and my husband said but i can remember what he said it was called oh whatever god damn it it's not called a clip though okay it's called something else fine <laughs> Anyways, so Esther ends up pointing the gun to Max's head and is like, you want to play a game? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. Nope. I'm checking out of this game, friend. So as Sister Abigail is leaving, Esther and Max rush to like this bridge. It's a magazine. There you go. Right? Sure. (laughs) Sounds right. What do I fucking know? I don't know either. So they're waiting at the opposite edge of this, like, snow-covered bridge, right, mm-hmm. for this nun to drive across. And um, they get in front of the car. Esther, like, pushes Max in front of the fucking car as she's driving. Oh, shit. So she's forced to, like, drive off the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And as the nun is coming to Max's aid, Esther comes up behind her. Mm-hmm. And smashes her in the head with a fucking hammer. Oh my god! Right, and so she's passed out, but not dead. But they like drag her body off the side of the road. Oh my god! And then Esther comes up and like finishes the job, bashing her fucking face in as Max watches in horror. So they hide the body, and Esther cleans herself up and disposes of all the evidence in the treehouse. Okay. Which is padlocked because um, of the way... Danny doesn't want people to find his porn collection? No, of oh. the way that Danny was treating Esther. John oh, had locked it, like it in pun- Yes, in punishment. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't go in your treehouse if you're going to treat your sister this way. My husband just texted back, it's a magazine. It's a not magazine. Not a clip. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you guys care. It's a magazine. There we go. So... Esther tells Max she had to kill the nun because the nun was going to tell on her 
and implying that Max needs to keep the secret. Otherwise, both of them are going to end up in trouble. Like, of course. You're just as equal in this. Yep. As I am. Classic. Right? Classic. Five-year-old Max is just fucking clueless. Wait, Max is only five? Yeah. Oh, shit. This whole time I had her as, as older in my head. No, Max is the younger sister. Mm. No, I know she's younger, but I had I had um, Danny at like 12, 13 and Max at like nine. Mm-mm, no, because Esther's nine. Mm, yeah. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Okay, so Max is five. Okay, mm-hmm. damn, that's even worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's really young. Yeah, so Danny sees the girls leave the treehouse and... um. He hopes that Esther didn't see him, but fucking we know Esther saw him. Esther sees him. Right. So she, that fucking night, she holds a box cutter. Jesus Christ. Why does she keep finding all these? Right? I, mean, I guess her dad's tools. <laughs> like, you better not fucking say anything. Uh, so the next day, John and Kate wait as Esther meets with the psychiatrist. John and Kate? The the husband. No, I know. John and Kate plus, plus eight. Plus eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I just realized that. Wait for the psychiatrist who tells them there's nothing wrong with Esther. (laughs) Fucking nothing. She just nailed that one, huh? No, she's simply struggling to bond with Kate, who she claims is blocking her attempts to form an actual relationship. She puts it all on Kate. Like, Kate's rejecting me. Right. I'm not getting the love that I need. Right. It's too hard. It's all because of baby Jessica Mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the doctor explains how sensitive Esther is and that um, like during the whole time she's telling John and Kate all this, we can see Esther in the bathroom mm-hmm. of this building. Listening. Having a fucking meltdown. Oh. She's kicking the walls, screaming. Why? Like beating just... Because I feel like she's dealing with her own shit. Okay. Right? Like, the parents who adopted her are, like, locked up in a room with the psychiatrist. The brother and sister who adopted her are nowhere to be seen. Like, this was her first time to just, like, be alone. Uh Uh-huh. And she's dealing with everything, and she's fucking losing it. She's getting the emotions out. She's losing it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's really struggling. And so we're seeing the parents getting the advice from the psychiatrist like how patient they need to be while she's fucking just breaking it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. exactly so as soon as they get home from their appointment kate gets a call from the orphanage asking about sister abigail seen her lately right (laughs) did she ever come to her appointment right cops are called bodies discovered oh shit that fast i mean it it was hidden by these fucking two girls. It wasn't done. I know. Yeah. I just expect more of no. Esther. Kate jumps online, does her own research, comes up with all these personality disorders. <laughs> she reaches out to the orphanage and they're just like, you really got to do more research past us. Like, you got to go back to where she came from. Mm-hmm. She tries to track her down in Russia. They've got nothing. No record of her. Whoa. Really? Mm-hmm. So she ends up back at the book. Right? That Bible. Right. With the picture uh-huh. of the man. The old dude. Mm-hmm. Which ends up being from this institute in Estonia. Okay. All right. But she has John scheduled to take Esther to the dentist. Yep. 
she's like, look, you're so confident that she's just this normal kid. You fucking spend some time with her. And take her to the one thing that she doesn't want to do. Esther completely manipulates him. Is like, no, I don't want to go. I'm scared. He's like, fine. We'll stay home for the day. We'll play hooky, whatever. Uh-huh. Completely wrapped around. Yep. Total dad move. Mm-hmm. And so as Esther is like telling John just how thankful she is to have a father like him, like who loves Ugh. her. Gross. Blah, 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 blah how sad it makes her that Kate doesn't love her and that she doesn't have that relationship with her mommy. Mm-hmm. And so John's like, well, why don't you do something nice for her? Like make her one of your paintings. Oh, right. Like give her a gesture. Uh-huh. Right. Show her. Also a nine year old who uses the word mommy is a little weird too. That's a bit of a red flag. Any guess what she might do? For paint Kate. wise uh, no just oh gesture wise just any guess what she might do okay but you have to give me a field to work with here is it a arts and crafts project it's not. is it a i can't a give song because if it, i give you a field that's gonna give it does away she compose a piano she, music she cuts all the roses from baby jessica's memorial <laughs> Stop it. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Beautiful bouquet. Holy oh, shit. Right? Uh-huh. Holy shit. So Kate fucking loses yeah, it. Right? Could you imagine? Loses it. Slaps the Get shit. The right? fuck out of that kid. Are you kidding? Like, you know how much that meant to me. And we you, had a whole moment about you, it. Yes. You know what you did. You know specifically that you did that to hurt me. And John walks in and just sees her laying on the ground crying. And, oh, God. Not his baby. Right. So to make things even worse. Is that another chopper? Fantastic. <laughs> I'll take a little side note. Nick and I watched a great stand-up comedy. Do I know the guy's name? No. Yeah. But he did it like from a outside, and every time a helicopter went by, he's like, "Oh, fucking great, guys! Here comes another one!" Dude, that happened at the Grammys, which mm-hmm. I did not watch, but yeah. I watched a few of like the acceptance speeches, mm-hmm. um, mainly Taylor Swift and Beyonce. And it's like whenever they were doing an acceptance speech, because they were outside at mm-hmm. the Staples Center. And it's like, here comes the helicopters. I'm like, how dare you right. fly your helicopter when Beyonce is accepting her Rude. Grammy? Don't you know? <laughs> yes. Okay. I might have to stand up, which don't take as rude, but if I keep sitting, I'm going to pee my pants. Oh, you do whatever you Standing gonna, might help. Yeah, you do whatever you're going to do. So John, who is seeing his wife as this heartless fucking monster. I mean, really, though, my dude, like, you've been with her for how long? You know what issues she's had and she's worked through. It just feels like... Really? She's a heartless monster? Mm -hmm. Like, what's new to this equation? No, they're literally bickering, not giving each other the benefit of the the doubt at all. That's so crazy to me. It's all because of these past resentments, his cheating, her drinking, just all this animosity, whatever. So anyways, so Esther puts her arm in like this weird fucking, like, 
I don't know, things that you use to tighten and hold something in place, like a... A vice grip? Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Breaks her own arm. Oh! To make it look that Kate had... Kate broke her arm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yep. So, she ends up... um, I mean, John takes her to the hospital. They say that her arm's broken. He blames it all on Kate. All this, everything. Damn! He just puts his mm-hmm. wife on blast like that? So it drives Kate to the liquor store. Like, it drives her to drink again. Of course! She buys two bottles of wine. She opens one. Mm-hmm. She ends up pouring it all down the all the, all down the drain. That's nice. I'm proud of her, but I'm very disappointed. <laughs> that she wasted that much wine? And then she didn't hide the second bottle. So they just assume, like, oh, look. You fucking went to the liquor store and you're back on the bottle and it Wait, just red or white or red. rose, red, red. She seems like a red wine drinker. She is. Mm-hmm. And so the next day when she goes to drop the kids off at school, she's got Max in her car seat, like her booster, right? Esther in the back, Danny's in the front. And Danny goes to walk to school. He's walking up the steps and drops his books. Uh huh. All right. So Kate puts it. The car into park mm-hmm. and she gets out and she's like, Danny, hey, you forgot your book. And she's like helping him grabs it. It's the Bible. No. Oh. Esther gets out, puts the car in reverse. <gasps> oh, my. In front of everybody. No one sees shit. But fucking Max goes flying down this icy like slope of a driveway. Uh huh. Like past cars coming in and whatever and ends up like going into the sand or not in the sand into the snow. Uh huh. And so now the husband's convinced it's because she was drunk. Right. Right. She's clearly back on the bottle. Esther, and did he find like the empty bottles? Yep. That she had poured Holds out. Holds an intervention. Yeah. I found the bottle yeah. that you poured out. I found the bottle that you didn't get around to drinking yet. Mm-hmm. We know you're self-sabotaging the whole thing. Obviously, the psychiatrist who's already seen Esther is on Esther's side mm-hmm. because she was on Esther's side to begin with. Mm-hmm. So very much the whole fucking runaround. And so this is some of the most this is one of the high I can't say the words right because it sounds like I don't know how to speak English either. The amount of notes you took for this movie is up there. I would say in one of your top like because every turn every second of the movie it was like what is gonna happen next no i know i love it i'm saying it's in your i would say at least in your top five yeah most pages of notes in a movie exactly because it's fucking crazy and that's why it's not like i wouldn't describe it as a horror movie it's very much a psychological thriller where you're just on edge the whole time like what the fuck is gonna happen next yep i love it (laughs) And sometimes those movies are even more like off-putting than watching like a air quote scary movie. Yes. Those psychological thrillers, man, they'll get you. Okay. So finally, the Institute in Estonia gets back to her, right? She uh-huh. had sent them a picture of Esther and they're like, oh my fucking God. They're like, oh, the demon child? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> And they're like, we are not an orphanage. Like, this is a menstrual institution. A a menstrual institution. A menstrual, a mental institution. And so, um, 
they describe how her name is actually, I believe, like Leanne. Leanne. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like. Or Lena, most, maybe. Um, well, Leanne is the most white trash that like, is probably Kansas like, name. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably Lena. And she does. She suffers a form of dwarfism. <gasps> Another one. No, I'm not even Another fucking one. kidding you. She suffers a form of torture. Amazing. Yes. And um, she's like 33 years old. Okay. All right. Maybe Dr. Phil's producers did that on purpose, but that is Dr. Phil's quote. He goes, are you really 16 or are you a 33-year-old con artist? Yeah. So there you go. Anyways, but before Kate can do anything, fucking Danny confronts Max about what's going on. Max tells Danny everything like through sign and like drawings. Mm-hmm. Right. Danny tries to Danny go- finally clues in, huh? Danny tries to go into the treehouse to get the evidence. Uh-huh. That's going to like prove that Esther's a fucking psycho. Uh-huh. Esther's, Esther kills him. Esther's already there. Yeah. Sets the whole fucking thing on fire. She loves fire. Tries to kill him. Mm-hmm. He jumps off He's the side. He's too smart for that, our boy Danny. He ends up in the hospital, though. That's fine. That's fine. He survives. I know, but at the hospital, John and Kate again get into a fucking fight. <laughs> I can't imagine this being my marriage. This would be a weird marriage. The marriage is the worst. Right. The this worst is weird. Through the whole movie. That's the thing that's got me on edge the most is the the fact that they do just, they do not have each other's back at all. Uh-huh. So they're fighting. Again, she's like, who do you want to believe? Do you want to believe the fact that our son set fire to his own fucking treehouse? That he loves. And then jumped off the side of it. Yeah. Before he died? For like, what? To get attention? Exactly. Like, do you really want to believe that? Or is it possible that the that new this fucking cunt might have <laughs> set fire to the fucking treehouse? Let's killing, go, Kate. Trying to kill our son. And he finally is like, hmm. <laughs> but while he's humming mm. over that, fucking Esther sneaks away into the ICU and like smothers him with a pillow. Does she kill him? Flatlines him. <gasps> He's under cardiac arrest. Not Danny. And to be honest, I don't know in the movie if they ever address whether or not he lives. Oh, my God. He lives in my mind. Yeah, no. Danny his, lives. He's his, too tough. His life is just left. Danny. And limbo at this point. You're my best friend, Danny. Mm-hmm. Don't go. I know. Yeah, we don't really fucking know what happens to him. No, I'm going to say Danny's too tough to die that way. Because Kate obviously assumes it was Esther that uh-huh. flatlined her son. Uh-huh. Slaps the bitch. Fucking in front of other her people, the fuck out in the lobby in front of everyone, and everyone's like, "Oh, this lady's crazy." They sedate her. Yeah. Yep. They sedate her, strap her into like a hospital bed. Exactly. Oh, my Atlanta. Yeah. Exactly. And so she's knocked out for the count. Who knows? That what sounds happened. nice, though. I know. Who knows what <laughs> happened to Danny? But Max and Esther and John go back to the house for the night. Oh, just John and his girls. And so when they. And go- he has no problem about what happened with Danny, huh? He's not dealing with like he's fine. No, he's struggling because he hits the bottle hard. OK, that's fine. As, as long as there's some sort of reaction. Yes. I'd be very disappointed if he's like, eh, my son flatlined. Fuck it. 
No, the second he gets home and thinks that the girls are safe and tucked into bed, he hits the bottle hard, Mm -hmm. gets pretty drunk, and that's when Esther decides it's time to make her move. Oh. She goes into Kate's room. Mm-hmm. Slips on one of Kate's sexiest girl, like stop black nineties. Stop talking. Puts on very dark, sultry makeup. Nope, Mm-mm. we're Go. not doing this right now. Yep. B, I can't handle this, yep. bestie. Yep, <laughs> it's happening. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. She goes downstairs and she starts very softly caressing John. I throw up right there and there. Half passed out on the couch. Very drunk. Uh Uh-huh, very drunk. Like, trying to figure out what's going on with his son. And as this fucking And his wife, who he hasn't fucked in years. Orphanage. Yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh, is, like, caressing him and kissing Uh, him. uh, But he thinks it's a child. Right. And so he's like, stop. Like, what are you doing? Like, what could you possibly be thinking? And the second he rejects her, mm, It's time for him to die, motherfucker. It's not good. She goes upstairs to her room. She trashes her fucking room. You see her remove all this makeup from her face uh-huh. that reveals a much older looking face. Yes. This, these are the clips that I saw. Mm-hmm. She removes her teeth for her old raggedy teeth. And um, she has scars around her neck and her wrists because at the mens- mental institute, <laughs> I know the menstrual at the menstrual and we mean menstrual as in period, yes. not as in a menstrual show. We mean a menstrual period. 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 At the institution, she was one of the most violent patients. They had to tire down. They had to keep her restrained so often, and she would fight against the restraints that it created scars uh-huh. around her neck yep. and her wrists, mm-hmm. which is why she has to cover them in the ribbons beautiful the, the elaborate ribbons oh so when kate finally comes to in the hospital and she's like fuck this she can't do anything for danny but she can still try to save max mm-hmm. she breaks out okay kate come through manages to fucking speed through the snow she uh-huh. is flying she almost dies numerous times okay she literally crashes into the house Crashes into the side of the house. Doesn't give a fuck. Amazing. Crashes right into the side of the house. Finds her husband dead. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. She killed him? How? In her rage, Esther found a butcher knife, cut the power of the house. John goes upstairs, sees that all of her paintings that used to be beautiful and lovely in light, in black and in black light, Uh showed something completely different. They were oh, all sexual images. A reverse image. Mm-hmm. Mm. They were all like fiery death images. Her and John doing sexual things. Very. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so he goes down to check the electrical and she stabs him to death. All right. So Kate comes home, finds him dead. She's looking for Max. Max is hiding in the garden, like the, the greenhouse. Green mm-hmm. So Kate is up on the roof. Why? That's a great fucking question. <laughs> Why is she on the roof? Because like a snowy roof. I know. She's been searching everything. She ends up on the roof. 
Esther is down on the ground. She ends up in the greenhouse, hears Max knock something over. They both hear it at the same time. They both kind of like see each other like, okay, who's going to get to Max first? Uh Kind of a moment. Uh Kate comes crashing down Mm -hmm. through the greenhouse onto Esther, but doesn't do a fucking thing after that. Knocks her out, but doesn't do a double tap, nothing. She gets Max. Where do they go? To the house again? The fucking frozen pond. Oh, god damn the it. The frozen fucking pond. Not the frozen pond again. The only we learned our lesson? The only smart thing Kate did was on the way to the house when she almost died multiple times when she did call 911. So, in theory, so police, police are on their way. Yes, police are in route. But still, she takes her fucking kid to the frozen pond. Yeah. Obviously, Esther is not dead. Yeah. Her and Kate go at it. Esther, uh, I think Max is trying to save her mom and ends up shooting the ice mm-hmm. on the pond. Mm-hmm. Who do you think falls in? Oh, Max. I wonder. Mm-hmm. No, the mom and fucking Esther. They're, oh, they're I like Max s- fell in. No, because she's the one that shot. Oh, sorry. I was no, listening. so the mom and Esther, they fall into the water. They're having like this, a struggle. Uh, this icy fucking stupid struggle, whatever. <laughs> Kate Climbs out. Uh-huh. She is basically out of the water when Esther grabs her and is like, Mommy. Yeah, gross. Don't let me die, Mommy. Fuck you. Kick her in the face, Kate. Thank you. Kate does kick her Let's in the go, face Kate. and breaks her fucking neck. Yes! Finally! Her fucking neck and she And then falls. she does life in prison for chi- killing right, a child. I know. Plummets down to the bottom of this icy cold lake. So, like I said, I don't know. I don't know what happened to Danny. Her and Max. I can't believe they never bring up Danny again. No. Mm-mm. Her and Max end up being found by police and that was it. That was the end of the movie. And she just explained that they just believe her? No, we don't know. That was it. That was the end of the movie. Okay. 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 Yeah. I don't fucking know. Okay. I believe Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Um, but you're kidding me. The fact all of those coincidences. It's a lot of coincidences. That's. The movie do have come first. Fucking bananas. So how many knives? I'm going to give it four. Wow, that's a very high rating for you. For it to come out before and hit so hard? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We love it. Four out of five knives. You know, I don't know if it's just because her name was Kate, but the whole time that we discussed this, I was picturing Katie Holmes in my mind. Oh, really? Because when I hear Kate, all I think of is this is us. This is us. Oh, yeah. Okay. But she doesn't look that much different from Katie Holmes. No, she doesn't. They're both brunettes. They're yeah. both skinny white brunettes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, fantastic. Well, there you go. No, it was great acting, good editing, good storytelling. It was it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. And your look of the week this week is of I'm Esther. trying. Yeah, I'm trying to do the. I guess the movie cover. I mean, really, if you Google evil. Yeah, you Google image it and that's what you're going to get. I tried to do the contour. I obviously don't have like the (coughs) scalloped collar of the. Oh, dear. Yeah, sure. I used to, but I actually got rid of the shirt because it was so hard to keep unwrinkled. You had to like (laughs) iron it or steam it. And I'm like, I don't fucking got time for that. 
But, you know, we're close enough. We have the ribbons on your throat mm-hmm. and some bows in your hair. You got your pigtails. I had to bust out not only a hot glue gun. Oh, I love a hot glue gun. But fucking Velcro strips. So Wow. The length, Appreciate it. The length I go through for you people. And this is the first time in a long time that I've really gone through with the makeup. Yeah, like, I mean, because Eileen Warnos, we did the eyebrows. Right. But this, like, I literally, like, I've got so much fucking bronzer and so much fucking powder <laughs> to make myself pale in certain places, but darker in other places and then highlighted in other places. It's fun, though. I did my brows. Yeah. So this is the first time I've really gone through with the makeup in a long time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we I tried it. to come through for you guys. We're going to do it. We're going to do a whole photo shoot. Try to... um reenact the movie cover or the poster i guess yeah um other than that we don't have much to talk about married at first sight wrapped up last episode Mm -hmm. um i'm not really watching anything right now i'm trying i'm getting caught up on this is us but i'm very far behind i learned so um you know what i want to start watching again is maybe the walking dead i heard no. No, no no listen 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 I heard that the past season, it got really good again. Mm. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way. You and I, I think the last time we watched The Walking Dead, it was together and it was a thousand years ago. It was. And we watched the first episode, episode of the new season together. We all decided that that was enough. We were done. Yeah, we're like, But I heard we're out. that this last season or the season that they're doing right now is really good, B. So how do we catch up, though? No. Yeah, that's, do you have to just bite the bullet and watch them all? Yeah, that's where you got to find out. Oh my god! Yeah, I know it's a lot. Mm-hmm. So because yeah, I feel not. it had to have been at least three seasons since we gave up, and that's a lot of catching up to do. It might even be more. Yeah, exactly. Fucking Rick and Carl died since the last time we watched, and it. that's why we were fucking done. It's like really, you're gonna kill Carl for a second time. We're done. Why kill Carl? Rick, I guess Rick didn't technically die. They're coming out with a movie. Right. He went on to film the Walking Dead movie. I know. But Carl, there's no reason to there kill was, Carl. No. He's the next generation. And all I kept saying, I'm like, the second they kill Carl, I'm out. And that Well, was- that's what happened with me in Fear the Walking Dead. I'm like, the second they kill Nick... I'm fucking out of here. Same thing. And the second they, they did. They killed Nick. I didn't even And watch. I was done. They had a whole season where they, you knew he was going to die, so they did like flashback episodes. No. I didn't even watch that. Why? Yeah. Nope. Uh-uh. You kill off Nick, I'm out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I agree. So there's our. So here you are trying to tell me to come back and I'm still bitter but, I mean, about how Darryl's dirty they did it. it. Look, we were just talking I know, about Norman Reedus. Daryl's still in it and he finds like a little boo thing. He finds like a girl. Oh, I'm sorry. A woman. He finds a woman. I'm going to leave it up to you. You give it a go. <laughs> okay. you, you give me the review. Let me get to I'm Survivor. too busy. I'm too busy finishing up Jersey Shore. Dude, I tried to put that on last night. Season one of Family Vacation Re- Reunion. Yeah. Ben. Oh, God. Didn't want to watch it. Of he course didn't he like didn't. It. Of course he wasn't he into it. They're too old now to be acting the way they're acting. Yeah. He's jealous. <laughs> he only wishes. He only wishes that he was Polly D and can rent out a whole fucking mansion of a hotel. He, They literally have the whole hotel property to themselves. 
All the yeah. staff on site, not only are they in masks, they're in like minion suits. Well, these are they're the new the- ones. I tried to watch the very first season. Oh, like literally day like, one. Like Wow and um, Homeboy are still together. Okay. Yeah, What's her and Roger. Roger. Yeah. Her and Roger are still together. Okay. So I, st- I tried to watch season one with See, him. See, so that's where you might be wrong because Nick will not watch the original episodes with me, but he can relate to the newer episodes because Polly's 40. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, Polly D is actually 40. Like, all of them are our actual age. So seeing them now. Our, I'm not 40. No, but like Wow and all the girls, like we are their age. They're like 35, 36. Okay, fine, but not 40. No, Polly, I think, is the oldest. Yeah. I think he's the oldest at 40, and I think the rest are just trailing right behind but him. But in all fairness, Polly, besides Vinny, looks the youngest. Of course. I mean, Vinny looks the youngest. Yeah. No, and... The relationship between Vinny and Polly is the only reason Nick will even I mean, consider iconic. watching the show. Yeah, That's li- if Polly's not in the episode, Nick's not going to watch it. Of course it. not. Why would you? Yeah. Well, all the funny stuff is gone right. now. <laughs> okay, great. All the humor is out of there. Yeah. So he hasn't watched a whole bunch of the new stuff. And I knew that it was a long time ago because um, in this one, Vinny has a girlfriend. And I told, because Ben's all, how old is this? I was like, it has to be kind of old because Vinny and Polly D now have a dating show. Yeah. And at this, like, season one, Vinny has, like, a serious girlfriend. Yeah. And I'm like, at some point, she fucking kicks rocks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, there's our reality show report for you guys. Um, For pictures of this week's episode, THC Podcast on Instagram, please leave us a review, a rating. A we would comment. appreciate it. I'm going to try to think of a, of a bummer movie to give Bailey next week because she's been living too hard. I have. I re- you've had me on such a high. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to kick me right in the cunt. It has to be something. I I'm going to come up with something. We're going to cry next week, y'all. I can't wait. Something, anything. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. And we will see you next time. Bye.